Welcome to the Joy of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Taylor. On this podcast, we explore the passion and purpose of leadership, and we do so by talking with recognized leaders who do not merely have jobs, but men and women who have been called to their chosen sphere of influence. All right. Hey, we have uh, Dr. Marty Mazawi with us today and uh, a dentist extraordinaire and also uh, kind of like brewmeister. We'll get into that as well. So let's let's talk a little bit about the dental practice first. So so tell me a little bit about this kind of large traveling troop of dentist family Mazawis. I'm fascinated by the whole thing. All right. Well, it is a pretty interesting story. I have been super Super blessed um, to have my parents that have uh, created something for us, their children, to take over and uh, just run with it. So, um, <clears throat> sorry, my uh, parents started the office in the in the '67 era or '67 time frame. Uh, my dad was first, and my mom came two years later. Uh, they met at Emory University in in Atlanta at the dental school. Uh, so my dad and mom came back out to my mom's hometown to, uh, to kind of build their practice and build their life. Love that. So. I didn't realize that mom was dentist as well. Oh yeah. Mom. So both mom and dad really were jumping in and starting that practice oh, together. Yeah. yeah. My mom was the, uh, she was the, uh, root canal specialist in the office. Cause back in the day, uh, they were the second dental office in Gwinnett County. Um, she was the first female dentist, I believe, in Gwinnett County. No kidding. Um, and they were the first husband and wife dentist, of course, I think, in Gwinnett County. So uh, it, it was kind of a newer thing, and they were pretty pretty uh, on the forefront of that. So, uh, But it's always been just, it's been there. It's been in the same place. Um, I just had a patient yesterday that said, I started with your your dad in the was one of the first ones here 50, no, 50 years ago. So, so and how, many, how many kids did they have? Uh, they had six. And how many of those became dentists? Five. Five. Yeah, one of them, we lost our oldest brother in 1994, oh, between boy. my junior and senior year, which kind of goes into my faith story. Right. Um, so that happened uh, 1994, the summer when I was at basketball camp. And uh, so, but he was in medical school. So he was, he was in medical school in, at Medical College of Georgia he uh, was out uh, in between his second and third year doing a little uh, trip out west. So, mm. uh, and got in a car wreck. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so, the, and so he passes, but then five of them become dentists? Yeah. My brother Mark, so he was, uh, my brother Mark's right after Mike. So, Mike uh, was 24. My brother Mark was 23. And he was actually a, a freshman in dental school at that time. So, and, and, and there was always talk of us going, following in the footsteps because my mom and dad uh, told us it was a, a great place to, you know, kind of hang your shingle kind of thing and, and, and you'd be able to do other things. So that's another kind of our, my story of how I've done other things uh, using the dental office. Okay. So. And, and so you have, uh, how many siblings are still practicing with you there okay. in, the, in the office? So my, old, my brother Mark, my brother Matt, my sister Megan, my cousin Darren, and my brother Miles and his wife will come in and do pediatric dentistry a couple times a week. That's great. So, or a couple times a month, I should say. So um, we're all there, all the you know, at least 
we're all there almost every every day. So okay, I mean it's a big office. I mean I, I I'm impressed with how many doctors are on staff there. Yeah, it it, it you know it it's a big office. Uh, my dad always, and my mom always had someone else in there with them because family was important. So right. they wanted someone to be there to kind of hold the, uh, you know, if they wanted to take us on a trip, which they did frequently. Uh, so they they had always had uh, associates. Right, and so. You know, as as we grew into it and associates kind of retired, we kind of took over the helm. And uh, my brother Mark and Matt, and, uh, they kind of run the show until I got there. And then and Megan, we kind of all worked together. And did everyone go through Medical College of Georgia? Yep, they did. Yep. Okay, so it was super tough to get into right now. Right now it is, but when I went through, it was okay. You know, <laughs> thank, thank, thank goodness uh, I had some four forerunners and right uh, out there uh, laying the track and that's kind of how we see hollis here right you know, uh, right and she, she wants here. to go into that into yep. that realm mm-hmm. as well that's so fantastic. And to us she's you know, one of the things we like about hebron is the fact that you know she's kind of blazing a trail and she's setting a good mark for everybody else and mm-hmm. they just got to kind of keep up with it that's but, right uh, yeah and that's kind of what my brothers did for me and then you'll have third generation yeah there you don't have any third generation yet right not yet okay um, hollis is the oldest uh well carter's a year older and he's in at georgia now too okay that is That's awesome my, so are there are there inherent challenges to working in a company where almost everyone has the same last name like are there are there challenges to that do the challenge are the challenges far outweighed by the advantages yeah the advantages are enormous uh, it's just I, I couldn't have been more lucky as or blessed or however you want to say it, but uh, to get into where I'm at. My brothers, we work closely together, but we're kind of far enough apart. Sure. And my sister too. Um, to uh, That we are kind of, it's our own practice, so to speak, but mm-hmm. we're in the same building. So I can I can go over to my brother and say, hey, look at this for me. Uh, can you give me a hand with it? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm doing it the best way. So uh, super lucky to be able to do that. That's great. And so I've always had, like mentors in the office mm-hmm. and, and and I've been in the office my whole life too. I started cleaning toilets when I was you know, elementary school, sure. middle school. We went to the front desk, answered phone calls, made appointments, um, you know, collected money sometimes. So high school, I was a dental assistant for no uh, Saturdays and afternoons after school, some Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then in the summer I, I worked there, Throughout the summer. So, I mean, you really know, you know, every position from the ground up. In yeah. The, I mean, and that's what a privilege that is because oh, you truly understand what ev- literally every single employee is doing because yeah. you've done it. I have done. Yeah, I've done everything. That is awesome. So, I, I would imagine, too, that that produces like just the idea of the familial relationship there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of cut through ego and everything because you're going to still spend Thanksgiving together, you know. Yeah. So I, I would imagine it produces excellence at a faster rate because you don't have the ego maybe that some doctors would have coming to other doctors to say what do you think about this well yeah uh, it's just never been an issue because we've all i mean they got help from my mom and dad when they were starting mm-hmm. so when i got there they're like yeah let's let's help man yeah, no, here i mean i'm learning how to do implants now right and so i've got my brother matt or mark I mean, even my cousin darren are, are all there just saying okay this is how you if i have if i'm starting to struggle they'll jump in for me so it's never really been an issue and and the good thing is the way it's set up is we don't have to really uh, compete with each other mm-hmm. we can just kind of work it un- right. in our own thing my brothers do things i don't like to do because i don't like to uh 
you know, I'm not aggressive with like taking wisdom teeth out, but right. they, but they like it. So yeah. they do it and it works out. So that's really cool. Now is, is your wife? So is she a dentist as well? No, Zoe is a, okay. uh, she did assist me for a little bit when okay. I first got out, but no, she's uh she was a teacher for four years. Okay. Uh, when I was in dental school. Okay. Um, and then when we got home, we started with our family. Right. So that was in 2003. I thought she had an educational background, but I wasn't exactly. Yeah, she's a math, exactly uh, sure. math whiz. So, okay, cool. Uh, she was at UGA. That's where we met. So Okay. Yeah. Well, so you, you began talking about your brother who was in this accident, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and that that impacted your faith journey. Let's kind of talk a little bit about, you know, here, here you are a, a doctor, this, you know, a dentist in a renowned practice in the area. Um, how does faith play into your role you know, kind of in, in your life in general? How does face plan? And, and, and tell me a little bit about the inception of that. Where did it start? Okay. So after, uh, you know, I was, of course, uh, reeling after uh, my senior year in high school, and I was, you know, trying to make, just figure things out. And um, I think Billy Graham Crusade came in uh, to, the, to the dome, I think, at that point. And um, so I, uh, I, you know, a couple of my friends went, and I was, you know, in a position to, I was seeking why is this happening? Why, why do we have to deal with this? He was such a, you know, he's a ni- very nice guy. Um, had a lot of good things going for him. We were a pretty tight knit family. Uh, so I was really, I was really questioning things and, and then getting started in that. That was kind of my first um, kind of step. I mean, I, we'd gone to church every now and then, and um, but it wasn't a, a focus really on our family. We were, um, we were family oriented, but not church oriented. Okay. So once that happened, and I started to kind of search, uh, you know, it 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 came to me, and I took the opportunity to go down, and I didn't really hit it hard. I mean, I was still dipping my toe in and out, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Sorry. And um, so, but when I went to Georgia, my after my senior year, went straight to Georgia, and then. Uh, met Zoe and we were doing the Wesley Foundation there. Yeah, so that sure. was a very my son leads worship there. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. I that's right. Talked about yeah. that. We almost went there last week yeah. when we did the orientation. But uh, so Wesley was really, really, really you know a, a great kind of resource for us. That is great. Uh, so I spent a lot of time there over my Wednesdays and four years, and you know we had a, a really good um, pastor there, Tom Tanner, who actually married Zoe and I. Oh, that's cool. Not with us, but yeah. Actually, perform ceremony. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that's kind of how uh, it, it kind of, you know, it, I, I grew into it. I would say over my college years. And so, so that college experience was huge, mm-hmm. and th- that really kind of caused you to be challenged with how your faith was going to be lived out. Now, may I say, you've married very well. So uh, you yeah. know, you, you know, we kind of both of us kind of outkicked our our coverage, right? Certainly. Uh, and uh, so now. Zoe's a really strong believer, and so I'm sure that yeah. has really helped out with your faith as well. Just that that relationship growth yes. as well. She is the I would say she's the foundation, and I've heard it said by other guys before, uh, other husbands, I guess, or that their wife is you know the rock mm-hmm. in their family, and and it's true in our case too because she's a, a solid foundation that everybody can be built off of. Right. She 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 pretty much frames it up for everybody in okay. our house. So, That's cool. Uh, and you know she she's just super diligent, super uh, seeks. She wants to know, wants to learn, wants to uh, figure it out. And we all kind of you know we all benefit from that. 
Yeah, we we love having the Mazowies around here, and, and your wife has even jumped in on a J term class yeah. this last year, which we hope to expand. I actually have a journal that she, you know she started this prayer wall, which I think you helped design. I, I, I got to help build yeah. that a little bit, and yeah. uh, so I write, I go by and turn over the prayer requests and write them in my journal all the time. And so, I mean, I, I just I think it's awesome, you know. Yeah. Now you guys are involved in Twelve Stone, uh-huh. um, uh, so how does that impact your family? Are your kids involved there? What how how does that how does that kind of avenue of church involvement as well yeah take place if we're in town we're at church yeah and if we're somewhere where we've got internet access we'll, we'll watch it but um that is a a thing that zoe has and i have kind of strived to to, to maintain that if you're in town you know we're going to go get our 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 church on and right. and and you know uh, commit to that right now, have you used your dental practice and the skills that you have on the mission field as well? I, I understand you're involved with Doctors Without Borders and some other pieces. I've I've done more of a I'm more of a local okay kind of missiony kind of person. I'm I'm not one to to make a trip to like a, a country that's you know needs help. I'm, I'm a little afraid to fly a little bit some, so um, doing that is not my strong point. But what I like to do is. I like to have people come in my office and they don't know that I'm going to do this, but if it's, if I get a nudge from God, it's, it's done, it's on. So I'm, I'm like, uh, it's a, it's just something I can do. So for instance, I'll have a a patient come in and they'll be like, Oh, you know, I've got this tooth that's killing me. I want to get it out. And I'm like, well, you know, that's a great tooth and we want to keep that because it's kind of a foundation. They're like, well, I, I really just can't do it. Uh, financially we're just not there and i'm like okay well let's just do it anyway so so that's one thing that i feel that god has provided for me to to provide for his his people so uh anytime i have a nudge uh and it it happens pretty frequently uh it's if he tells me to do it i do it and that's that's the way i i feel like i am a uh kind of a missionary in that sense Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a big thing that that in christian education I just consider it such a privilege. One of the goals that we have for our students here is to actively engage them with the idea that they're going to go out into the world, whether it's being a dentist or whether it's being a lawyer or a biologist or whatever it is. We want them to be the best in their field, unashamedly, unabashedly, but to also have a really deliberate and thought through faith mm-hmm. that they're going to take into that context. And so, you know, again, I think I've got the, you know, just finishing up with, with, with your third generation of dentists, mm-hmm. you know, as she graduated last year, uh, we look, we look at this, we look at this mindset of going into the world and bringing our context to faith there. And really what you're talking about is the exact application of that is that you're being a dentist and you're being great at it and, and, in that context, you're also finding where Christ can be applied in that role, mm-hmm. and that is that is where I've I've found my niche. Right. So, um, there were stories, and I always hear stories about how my my mom and dad helped people, and so I've absorbed that right. and and used that uh, with my faith to kind of build my niche as far as how I can help people in the community. It's not the only way I help people, sure. but it's a place that I feel like God has set me up to, to serve for him. And I, I love like you've had, you've received generational blessing through your mind. And now you are passing on generational blessings yes. to your community. Which I have, is cool. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing. My, my parents just, they, they set me up 
and and I've got to use that. I've got to take advantage of that to set. Well, I'll set my kids up. Right. But I've also I'll take what they, you know, like. Um, there are instances again where I would hear of patients that didn't have the money, and my parents were like, "Okay, well, you know, whatever. So, uh, well, you can pay us later if you want to." And they'll just bring in food, and then that's the payment. So they're out of their garden. They'll, you know, they'll have vegetables, and that's they'll bring them because that's that's what they could do at the time, and that's so. I, I, there are countless stories that I hear, so I feel obligated and and fortunate enough that I can I can carry on that tradition. Awesome, but I also use it with my faith, so people know that uh, people know why I do it. Right, uh, there, and there's really two reasons. My parents did it, and uh, my faith kind of dictates that. That's the that's the lead that I got from from my relationship. I love that. Now we've referred, we've mentioned your kids several times. You've got mm-hmm. five wild and woolly kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming and, and, you know, coming through or, or already through yeah. uh, our, our system here. Uh, t- talk to me a little bit about that. Cause your kids are uh, really and truly faith centered. Mm-hmm. They're also super cool kids. They're just fun kids. They're involved in a lot of different things. They seem extremely well balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us some parenting tips on kind of on kind of that idea of of raising kids, really training up kids in today's generation, mm-hmm. uh, in today's ch- with today's challenges. Give us some give us some my, some ideas on that. Well, I, I think it, it I think it does go back to us with our commitment to if we're home, we're at church, uh, we're volunteering. Harper volunteers, Hoke volunteers. Uh, the boys will volunteer when they get a little bit older. Um, Hollis, she led a, a, a small a Bible study at uh, for Twelve Stone for the for the middle schoolers, I think. Um, so we've got that that foundation, and then we we try not to be too uh, over not overbearing, but we try to give them some um, try to give them a framework to kind of stay within, and and if we give them a little bit more control. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't guide them as much. We let them self guide a little bit. You know, we give them the boundaries and then we say, if you stick in this, you've got, you've got, you've got the world is your oyster. You can do whatever you want. If, if we need to, we can pull you back in, but we want them to experience. We want them to be self-led. We want them to um, be organized in a way that allows them to do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I uh, I talk about it here quite a bit where you, we, when we're working with kids, we give them choices, mm-hmm. but we control the choices. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're still having the, the ability to choose between the following three or four options, but we're probably the ones providing yeah. the options for you. And, and it gives kids the ability to grow in a safe environment where mm-hmm. they can understand that, okay, I can make some mistakes, mm-hmm. uh, but I've got a safety net of a loving mom and dad who are doing less preaching and more teaching, mm-hmm. you know, and really living it out. Uh, I, I talk a lot about the idea of, of speaking with question marks rather than, than with exclamation points. Mm-hmm. A lot of times mm-hmm. parents are like, you need to do this. You need, you know, and, and, and everything has an exclamation point at the end of it rather than instead saying the exact same message, but, but saying, hey, what do you think about handling it this way? Mm-hmm. Or have you thought about this approach to it? And, and really, like, I see your kids kind of mature beyond their years, but also just really balanced, you know, with that mindset of who they are mm-hmm. in Christ uh, but in a very normal way, which I, which I absolutely love. I just think yeah. it's I think it's really cool, you know. Yeah, we try to we try to balance that. We 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 guide them, but we don't push them. Right. So we but we also let them know that there's consequences, and with your consequences, there's gonna or 
with your actions, there are consequences right. and they could be good or bad. Um, and you're going to suffer the consequences if you have trouble, if you do right cause trouble. So, yeah. um, and I don't know if it's because of how we kind of, uh, the, the kids kind of came around with the girl, 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 boy, boy. It's definitely a different beast when the boys come. It's a, <laughs> we're still learning that. That's because right. Because they're, yeah. you know, they're in the. Yeah, being a girl dad is totally different than being yeah. a guy dad. So yeah. uh, we're, we're navigating that. And there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to navigate. I wouldn't say, uh, I didn't think uh, when I was, you know, thinking about ki- having a bunch of kids when I was growing up, which I always thought I was going to do, but I didn't think, you know, it would be this hard, but it's. Right. It's hard. Middle school years are really tough. Yeah. Uh, high school years are tough, and I think there's, it, it can be more risky, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're as hard as the, as the middle school years. I just think that you know, puberty throws kids into just being totally discombobulated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do love every year, I can't wait for my sophomores to come back from break. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they come back from summer break, starting their junior year, it's like I've, I've gone from having a, a boy or a girl to having a man or mm-hmm. a woman. Like, it's just, it's so awesome to be able to see where that growth takes place. I always try to tell parents, because my kids are older, I always try to say, like, you know, around their freshman, sophomore mm-hmm. year in college, we finally get smart again as parents. You know, we go through a stage where they know more than us. Uh, but, but really, around that sophomore year, they, we tend to get smart again, which is really nice. Well, they you can know? use this again. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, you're, you know, we still get to pay for everything, which is nice. <laughs> All right. So, hey, so we've got dentists extraordinaire great dad uh working hard making sure you're living out your faith i've gotta i've gotta jump in on this kind of one anomaly aspect of yes. this whole description right is that you you also are the co-owner of slow pour a brewery in our area and i think maybe even expanding in there yeah so tell me a little bit about that story how you know dentist christian dad mm-hmm. uh jumps in on also jumping in on a brewery in our area yeah. what's gonna blow your mind is i don't even like beer i, I know it which yeah. is crazy uh, it's weird so um when I was at Georgia, I took a class called Foods and Fermentation. Uh, we made beer, wine, um, bread, cheese, but it was a, really it was a microbiology centered class. Okay. So at that class, I learned, you know, that it's a it's a neat process. It's microbiology kind of heavy. It's uh, um, it's just a it's a cool it's an art and a science all together. And I'm not very good at that part, but. I like the process, and I like to try to build things. So, as a, as a one of, another thing that my parents instilled in us was that dentistry might is a really great base, but you can also do fun things off of it. So I dabbled. I uh, I had a, I have a coffee shop up in North Carolina that I run with a buddy because um, I used to study in coffee, so you know, coffee shop. So uh, that was one thing I did. I tried a website. And, you know, find my yard sale.com way back when that one failed miserably. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, that was one of the things that you know, being a dentist allowed us to do, which is one of the reasons why we, you know, as a, as a family, we said, yeah, this, this is a, this is a great job to allow you to do things, travel, do other neat things that you're interested in, create something, try something different. So and are you expanding the brewery <clears throat> into another location? I heard that was a possibility. Yeah, we're on, we're going to be at four locations pretty soon. Will so we've really? got one in Stone Mountain. It's a little, it's a niche brewery uh, with two really talented uh, people. Uh, and then Slow Pour, it was our first and it's, it's growing and changing and in uh, Lawrenceville. In Lawrenceville. And then we're working on Winder. We're doing the demolition on a, a new, bigger, crazy building. It's it's going to be pretty fun to do. So that's part of the fun for me 
even though I don't love beer and I, I really don't get to make it, um, I get to build what, where it is. So right. I'm a I'm a big community kind of person. Right. So I feel like the reason why uh, tap rooms make it is because it's community. So if you go into my tap a tap room that we've created, it doesn't have TVs necessarily. It's more for community communication, talking. It's family oriented, dog oriented. You know, right. you can. Uh, we want it to be a place for people to come and communicate. Right. So we don't. We rare. We we do sports on special occasions, but we we try to limit TV access. And so, um, you know, the winder location will be called Daybreak, and it'll be a, a community oriented oriented place as well we'll have a actually a garden it's not a it's a beer garden but it's a garden it's going to be managed by um, a certified master gardener so cool. which is something that we use again to communicate with the, the city that they're important because it'll be open to the public and we don't you know we want people to learn from it and we want people to enjoy it we want people to uh, see a place where they can come and just you know, reconnect. And, so. and, and that's the great approach that it's mm-hmm. for you. It's not even about the beer. It's about no. the community. Yeah. You enjoy this process of it. Uh, really kind of the entrepreneurial spirit of it, but also just the, the idea of you're forming something that's going to impact lives, which is fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and we also try to utilize that, that building to help the community as well. Right. So at, at Slowpore, we, um, we start, the first thing we ever had in the building was a, uh, a women's conference that Zoe and her sisters and a couple a uh, couple other Hebron folks started, and we the first first activity in the building, even before we had it permitted and all that stuff, when I was doing the demolition, uh, was a uh, it was a Christian women, women's conference. Yeah. and awesome. so we loved that. Yeah. And then uh, one of the things we like to do is um, we do we do bingo night once a month, and all the proceeds from bingo night go to a particular charity or or somebody that needs help or know anything like that so awesome we we try to use it to to uplift the community as well and i think that's another thing i'm not like a uh, i'm not i'm not a preacher so i don't I, i'm not going to get up on in front of people and, and and lay out a sermon my thing is to let people see that i care about community care about them and then i want them to say why does he do that and he does that because he's he's kind of directed by God. So and, and that and honestly like Marty that's exactly that's exactly what what I'm trying to do with this podcast but also what I'm trying to do with with my own life calling, right? Is to expose the young men and women that God has put into my life uh, through Christian education to expose them to men and women who understand their faith and how it's practiced. Mm-hmm. That I think so often we think faith can only be practiced as a pastor or mm-hmm. as a missionary or as a worship leader. But faith can be practiced in so many different ways where we get to see the authenticity of who Christ is, but to be able to really apply that to life. And so, Marty, I thank you so much for coming in today and sharing a little bit about what God is doing in your life and just how your journey has been so unique and yet is being used intricately for the kingdom, which I love, developing community and also helping the community. So, thank Marty, thank you so much for coming in today to the Joy of Leadership podcast. All right. I thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Joy of Leadership podcast, where we emphasize the blessings of leadership and our call to this vital role. 